You're listening to The Fearless Podcast with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. Well, hello, everybody. I am Mark Archer, one of your co-hosts, and uh, here with my beautiful bride, Amber. Hi. And today we are uh, going to share a little snippet from the film Inwood Drive with you. This is part of the eulogy speech that was given graveside by Attorney General, Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill for the 2,411 babies that were found in the garage and car trunk of George Klopfer. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a couple of things we want to kind of pull apart uh, some observations we have about that. So let's go ahead and give this clip a listen. We have gathered here at this site because it is both fitting and proper that these 2,411 unborn, even at this late date, receive their final resting place as would be expected and appropriate for any human being. We are gathered here because we are a state that honors the rule of law. How many of these women who were undoubtedly in despair over an unwanted pregnancy would have agreed to the procedure had they known that the doctor was going to transport their unborn child across state lines and leave them ghoulishly packed up and stored away in his garage or callously discarded in the trunk of his car for nearly two decades. We would hope such a thing could never happen. But here lies the proof. 2,411 human beings yet to be born, terminated, discarded, lost, forgotten. But friends, we will not forget. We will fulfill our obligation under Indiana law, the law that requires burial or cremation of human remains resulting from an abortion procedure. We therefore honor and memorialize these unborn that their lives be remembered, not for their brevity, but for how their discovery has impacted our collective conscious. We will remember them as well for the potential that each one of them possessed that has now been lost, unfulfilled in this earthly life. Each of these 2,411 was a life, a life that was terminated and each life deserves to be secure in a final resting place with dignity and respect as should be afforded all human beings. May each of the 2,411 buried here, now and forever, rest in peace. So there were three things that we talked about um, that, we, that we took away from this, like big points with this clip. Number one, the biblical case for life Mm -hmm. uh, that I know you've got a lot of notes on because you're better at research on things like this than I am. Number two, he talks about lost potential. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I've got some thoughts on that too. And then last, character of leadership. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the biblical case for life. Okay. When you 
our whole foundation begins with scripture. That's where we find our truth. That's where our, our values and ideas come from. And, and so, you know, for us, when we look at things, we don't, we don't look at them as the world looks at them. We want to look at them as the Lord looks at them. So, you know, you just, you just research abortion. I mean, and there are plenty of, plenty of things to, to talk about, but it's mostly life. It's not just abortion, it's life. And if you have your Bibles and you want to go to Proverbs, I mean, Proverbs 6, 16. That's right. This is Bible study time. Get Bible your Bibles out. Let's go. Welcome. You know, uh, and just a side note, you know, I did have someone send me a message. So pretty soon you guys will be able to join us on a, on a morning Bible study because someone had asked in the last podcast, we talked about how we get up 3, 30, 4 o'clock every morning to read scripture together. Mm-hmm. That's how we start our day, word before world. Um, and so somebody said, well, what is that like? Well, now everybody's home on quarantine. So I think there are many husbands and wives who are able to spend time together. So, you know, maybe that's, it's, it's, a, it's another podcast, another right. episode, but... Right. The bottom line is, husbands and wives, it is something you should do together. It is. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. We get up really early to do this, like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah. You don't have to get up quite that early. But if you have young children, you'd understand why you'd you'd get up that early. Yeah, you, learn, you would adapt. You learn what works. <laughs> so early might not work for you. Maybe later works for you before right. bed. <laughs> but either way. So Proverbs 6.16 says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Okay, hands, if you go back to verse 17, hands that shed innocent blood. America, Mm -hmm. you have blood on your hands. And even now, during this shutdown and this pandemic, the, the pestilence that's that's across the world, the abortion clinics are still open. I mean, uh, where does it stop? When do we when do we say enough is enough? Right. And I and I would throw in there one of the things, not to get too gory, but you want to talk about innocent blood. One of the things that that Curtis told us that really disturbed the Mm -hmm. staff members from his office that had to go and and physically deal with with moving these babies the the 2411 babies was dismembered was seeing Mm -hmm. the blood Mm -hmm. because they folks they were preserved Mm -hmm. for for nearly 20 years everything was preserved Mm -hmm. go ahead well, and, and here's another one. If you flip over a few chapters into Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Now that is a sobering, which which is why, there was there was no way we could turn away after the Lord prompted us to do this film. We knew that the Lord was calling us to do this. And I have to admit, I was guilty of this in my earlier in my my twenties. Mm-hmm. Of, but we knew nothing about this. It wasn't right. it wasn't until doing this film and looking at this archival footage 
from the protests down on Webster Street, and I and I started making connections to the dates mm-hmm. when all this was going on and where who I was in these mm-hmm. time frames. And the truth is, I knew that this stuff was going on, but I turned a blind eye. Mm-hmm. And so I just as an example of that that attitude of, but we knew nothing of this. Well, it's not my problem. You know, it doesn't have well, anything to do and with I th- me. And I think society and culture tells us to stay out of everybody's business. Right. You know, it's woman's body, woman's choice. You know, but, but what are they really choosing? You're choosing death. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not choosing a better life for yourself. You're choosing to kill another human being. Right. So, you, you know, there's a whole generation, our generation who's been taught that it's okay to kill children. January 22nd, 1973. Exactly. Roe v. Wade. Exactly. And I and I would like to, you know, make a note here too and I I've talked about this in in the the ebook that you can get on inwooddrivemovie.com interview with the abortionist. I was born in 1973. So January 22nd, 1973 it became legal to murder us and if you're if you were born in 73 or later mm-hmm. uh you're in this camp right along with me mm-hmm. and um I was born in October of 73 and so sitting down with Klopfer it it was on my mind the whole time here's a man who gladly would have dismembered me mm-hmm. or you or anybody else listening um for you know, to make his next Mercedes payment. Mm-hmm. He just, and, and now... Yeah, how many did he have at the junkyard where the babies are found? Oh, like, like nine? Yeah, eight or nine of them, and they were... Anyway, it's another story. Yeah, yeah totally another story. Let me interject a couple of my sure. references here. Um, I just go back to the beginning, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything. And who are we as the created beings... I didn't know we were going to have Bible study this morning. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Who are we to to say this is worth saving as creation and this is not? I don't like this, God, so I'm going to get rid of it. Um, Genesis 1.26, uh, we were created in God's image. We individuals, we as people. Now, he didn't create dogs in his image. He didn't create the whales in his image. He didn't create the trees in his image. We didn't evolve from pond slime we were created in the image of god and that in and of itself makes us special it it gives us purpose and people wonder why we look as christians like we seem to have hope and we have we we have a sense of purpose that's why Mm -hmm. because we know that we were created by by the lord of the universe for a purpose every single one of us beautiful and wonderfully made which was which was my next one what does the lord say about us for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Genesis one twenty-eight, 
still in Genesis 1. Uh, so God blessed them. That's Adam and Eve. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And the note that I had on there is, um, that's not a suggestion. Be fruitful and increase in number. That's a command. That's, that is the purpose of, uh, of our sexuality, if you will. We're to be fruitful and increase in number. And other references, I, could, I can't cite the exact reference, but it talks about that children are a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. A uh, heritage. A heritage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can attest to, you know, in my younger days, I didn't view it that way. But whether I like it or not, the truth is what it is. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So do you know when Jeremiah, when he was ordained to be a prophet? I can tell you it's in scripture. It's Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. If that doesn't tell you we all have a purpose in the Lord to, to honor and serve him with all that we are, I don't know what else does. I have one more. Okay, yeah, because I'm done with Bible study because we're going to move on to our second. So we're going to so one more <laughs> reference here. This is John one. I love John. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and in and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Folks, the Word is Christ, and in the beginning was with the Word. It was Christ. We were we were made through Christ and in Christ and by Christ, the Creator. For Christ. For Christ. The the relativistic worldview that we've all grown up in, and many of us haven't even realized it. When you when you delete God and replace God with man, then you get this notion of that somehow mankind has created itself, mm-hmm. right? And it's just absurd. And which is why so many feel like they have the authority to go ahead and take someone else's exactly. life. If, if I'm the ultimate authority over my own reality, my own universe, then I can make those decisions with zero consequence. Mm-hmm. But we know it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who it was that I that I heard say this, it was a, it was an abortion survivor and and I'll, I'll, I'll remember her name for the next podcast, but she, she said something so profound in one of her talks. She said, if you think you're so powerful, then make your own heart beat. Mm. Was it Melissa Odin? It it may have been. Mm. And you think about that and you think, Make your own heartbeat. You can't. You can't will your heart to stop, nor can you will your heart to beat. Mm-hmm. There is another power there. So, all right. Good point. Moving on to our yeah. next point. <laughs> We're done with our Bible study portion. <laughs> right. The, the biblical case for life. I mean, biblical case for life. It's where our truth comes from. That's the foundation. It's where it all starts. So next is lost potential. I know, you guys, we have no script here. We have a plan. (laughs) Trust us, we have a plan. I have notes. I made notes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you, you want to start with yours? No, no, I no. Go ahead. Okay, so my notes here on because he talks about Curtis talks in his speech about we we remember them for their their the not potential, for their brevity, but for, for for the potential that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, out of sixty million plus, just in the U.S. that we've lost to abortion, is it possible? Is it possible that one of our lost generation, if they were here today, may have already come up with a cure for what we're all facing right now? Is it just possible? And you can't, of of course it's possible. Mm -hmm. So why would you not, why would you not at least, I mean, in a time when the entire world is so desperate for something to take this away. And I think it's, uh, it's entirely possible that the one or two or three who could have come up with a solution to this were murdered in the womb and we'll never know. Um, I, I, you know, another note that I, that I made is that no culture and no species can survive by killing its own offspring. I've often said, you know, and I'm a Christian, so I can't take the the God aspect out of this. But pretending that you can, remove the religious part of the argument. Okay, you cannot, a, a, a culture cannot survive if it murders its own offspring. It makes no sense. Okay. You know, and there are, I I know that there are millions of people who regret their abortion decision and when you when you sort of step back and put yourself into their shoes you realize you know they may never have grandkids now um they like like the woman in the film that jeff had to take care of who lost her uterus and could never have children i mean because she decided to go and get an abortion that permanently affected her for the rest of her life and the outcome of the rest of her life. So there are a lot there are a lot of pains and hurts that I that you know you just you just know and realize that people carry with them through this evil of abortion. So I think one of the things that we even talked about the day of when we went to to the funeral and we were sitting in the car waiting and and just doing the simple math of figuring out how old these babies would have been mm-hmm. when we were there for their graveside service. So they were abortions done between 2000 and 2003. So it puts them at between what, 17 and 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Just think just about graduating that. Just high graduating school. high school. You know, starting in college right. or mm-hmm. maybe getting married. Maybe getting or, married and having babies. You know, you know starting a career. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really a sobering thing. And when we, whenever we hear about someone that age, I mean, you know, say that there's a, a 17 year old who uh, is killed in an, a car accident or something like that. Which happens. Which I mean, happens. more and, than not. And that's a, something that a community always rallies around and, and holds up as this great tragedy. Well, there's 2,411 of them that were buried in South Bend that that would have been that age now. Mm-hmm. 
high school seniors, freshmen, sophomores in college. Um, you know, if you were born in 2000 to 2003, these are your, your brothers and sisters, your peers. These These... are your peers. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Lost potential. I mean, it's sad. It's sad. It really is. It's very sobering. So the last part of his character of leadership and Bravo, Curtis. I'm so Bravo, glad that Curtis. I have for you right now, yeah, and I would, and I have to give this, I guess, a disclaimer um, that Inwood Drive is not a political film, no. and um, in fact, I'm not a big fan of politics. Now, it, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of politics in it, just well, by and- nature of the of the story. I mean, watching a legislative process. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, but we made a point of not even w- people's titles, anything that, that no party affiliations are even mentioned. In fact, there are people in the film that people watch and go, Oh, that person's obviously, you know, leans left or written. And we, we make a point of not telling them so that, yeah, so because... that it's not a point because <laughs> the one that, the one that everybody thinks is a left leaning Democrat <laughs> is, is not. not. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. Right. You have to watch it. <laughs> right. It'd be well, like a trivia question. Well, well, and, and I think, you know, I especially for me, I I learned so much doing this film and seeing what everybody's real authority and power structure is within with, within their job description. And I think so many people you know, we we while it's important to look at the you know the big government at the federal uh, level. at the federal level, right. yes, the local level is where stuff gets done, exactly. and I think more people need to have their eyes opened to who you are voting for. I mean, while it's not political, and we don't make a point of parties, it does matter an awful lot about who you vote for. Who's in office where at every level of government, not just the president, not just, you know, the senators, those matter, but your local government will get you further. I think it's interesting that the, the, one of the films that we watched, I don't know, a year and a half or so ago, when we were talking about doing Inwood Drive was, I think it's still on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original called Reversing Row. And it's one oh, of those, my word. it's this deceptive title, right? Mm-hmm. And it was recommended to us it by several pro-life people. Oh, you should watch this reverse and roll. Okay. And it's on Netflix. Great. I don't, we, I don't think they actually watched it. I don't it. think that they had watched it because if you've seen that film, it, there's nothing balanced about it at all. It's, it's very slanted, um, in the, in the pro-abortion arena mm-hmm. and, uh, when we saw that and, and, and one of the things that appealed to me about the story of Inwood Drive is that a film like Reversing Row is all about federalism and the Supreme Court and this and that, you know, just these grand things that are so far away that you can't do anything about you little plebe. You can't do anything about it. And Inwood Drive is exactly the opposite. This is so in your face, grassroots. You, you can't deny this was done. What ultimately brought down Klopfer it was a combination of things. Yeah. Kathy called it a, a death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm-hmm. But it literally, that that one thing 
that tipped it was volunteers at Allen County Right to Life sitting in the back office going through termination of pregnancy reports. Right. That's, so, that's the thread they started to pull and the whole mm-hmm. thing came undone. Right. So so don't ever discount your role in getting involved because just those volunteers are the ones who found all of the violations that really started the downward spiral spiral for George. And I, you know, back to Curtis in the, the talking about the strength of character. And I just, the, I don't, we don't really know Curtis personally. No. Our interaction with him has been, um, first at the at the radio station with Kathy Mm -hmm. and it was you know brief introduction do you mind if we're here with the cameras fine and then we asked for a sit-down interview and we went to his office in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. and and got to spend a couple hours with him and we're really grateful for that and then uh, at the at the graveside Mm -hmm. service so we, we it's not like we we know him you know, and hang out, right? He's not on speed dial. Right, he's not on speed <laughs> dial. Um, so we, and, and we make a point when we're doing these to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to know people, but I don't want to try and skew things. You know, I'm not looking for favors. It will just point out neither of us is interested in running for office. We, we've not, we didn't get any funding from any political organizations nor did we on get it on purpose we also didn't get any funding from any corporate interests <laughs> on purpose on purpose because we wanted it to stay we wanted to be able to stay objective and and if there was nobody leaning on us one way or the other now there were people that were leaning on us anyway mm-hmm. but we were free of that and mm-hmm. so we can look at somebody like curtis and say listen you know all you can do all you have to do is do a simple a Google search, and you can see he was having a lot of problems mm-hmm. during during all of this. Yeah, and knowing what was going on, and that he did this anyway, and for him as a public official to take this up and take a stand, if Curtis Hill hadn't stepped up and and taken these babies and brought them back, I can pretty much guarantee the state of Illinois would have been happy to just send them to the incinerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want to deal with this. Well, of course not. But Curtis stepped up and he did this. And then to be there publicly as a public official and take a stand and to give the speech that he did and to reaffirm life like mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting was not so much who was there. It was short Ooh. notice so we didn't expect a lot. I was surprised at how many people were there for mm-hmm. being such short notice. We we didn't even know. Right. It was announced on Monday, and it was the funeral was held on Wednesday. Right. Nobody knew anything until Monday right. of when and where, and then it was okay. Drop everything and go. Um, there were more people than we expected, but what was interesting was who wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can give people a pass, and understandably know that schedules. You know, the it's it's not as important to a lot of people. Right. I mean, there are so many people who don't want to be involved. Right. And I'm not and I'm not drawing I'm not I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying I'm I'm pointing out my observation mm-hmm. is that uh 
You're talking about from a, a higher up right, level. From from an official office right. standpoint. He mm-hmm. was he was the highest ranking official there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I understand not everybody can be there. But that was interesting mm-hmm. to both of us. So just the strength of character there I found fascinating. And whether or not you like Curtis Hill or not, I don't know. Um, and I'm, it's not a, it's not a political discussion. Um, but what I saw required strength of character Mm -hmm. and I, you have to give respect to someone who stands on his principles and his principles are right. And get things done. Gets things done. We've seen plenty of things just here in the last couple of weeks of, you know, leaving loopholes and things for abortion clinics to be open. And that's happening across, uh, across the country. I mean, that's not just Indiana. We don't get political with the films, but um, we make a point of trying to stay neutral, uh, as neutral as you can. Mm-hmm. We obviously have a, a pro-life viewpoint, which is what led us to, to tell the story right. in the first place. But, you know, sticking to the observable facts, um, what he did was was commendable, commendable required mm-hmm. a lot of character. Yeah. So we thank you, Curtis Hill. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, that's all the time we have for today. What are your questions? What are your thoughts? Leave us a comment. Send us a message. We would love to hear from you. And mm-hmm. We appreciate you uh, giving tuning us in. tuning in and uh, make sure to give us a give us a like and a share. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys. That's all the time we have for today. Enjoy the day and the rest of your week. <laughs>